When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chad and Zay. All right, let's get the hour number three started. A lot of stuff going on in the sports world. We'll get you updated on it. Talk some Longhorns and Cowboys coming up with one of our favorite guests. It is Chad and Zay on a Friday. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. He picks out a beat for us every day at the start of the third hour. What do you got, Zay? Yo Gotti instrumental down in the DM. Yo Gotti? Yo Gotti. <laughs> okay. From Memphis. Okay. Solid rapper. Respected. Ro- rooting against LeBron right now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, you see him at Memphis games from time to time. Grizzlies yep. games. Yo Gotti with the beat to get us started. All right, if you're just jumping in, a couple of quick kind of headline-type stories today. This NFL betting story, gambling story, where players have been suspended. Uh, the biggest name is Jamison Williams, uh, the guy that played at Bama, the receiver. He's out six games. Uh, he was on the minor side of things, betting at the facility, but not on NFL games. Um, he and another guy end up with that suspension. But Quintez Cephas and C.J. Moore end up betting on NFL games in such a way that they have been released from the Detroit Lions. Also, Shaka Tony, who was a Washington player, has been released as well. And that college football story we had for you last hour, how about this? The clock will no longer stop on timeouts in college football for most of the game. They'll still stop it at the uh, two-minute mark and after in the second and fourth quarter, but the rest of the game, the clock won't stop, so they're hoping that'll quicken things up just a little bit. All right, speaking college football let's jump on to the vaqueros cafe and cantina hotline we do it every friday about this time with the one and only jeff ketchum of orangebloods.com he's at gk catch on twitter obviously a lot of talk about the longhorn spring game coming out of last week catch how are you I'm well. Where do we uh, where are we going first today? Man, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot lot of ways to go. Uh, I'll just I'll take the easy one. Uh, what'd you think of number three chunking the ball for Texas last week? I thought he looked good. You know, I think that um, did I think he? You know, I, I, if we just look at the spring game as a practice, I would give Malik Murphy an A. I would give uh, Quinn Ewers a B, and I'd probably give Arch Manning a C. And maybe like a minus or a plus. A te- you know, none of those guys were like A+. Plus. Uh, thing that, I don't know. I don't know quite what I think about Ewers. I feel like he's a, he's a discussion that won't have an answer until we get to the games. Whereas these other guys you're able to kind of look at what they do in practice, and the only thing we have to judge it by is what they've done in practice. So, um, you know, I thought, I thought the quarterbacks were fine. Okay. 
catch, you know, Trill Carter coming in from Minnesota to help with that interior defense. I think that's a pretty good get. What do you think about that transfer coming in for Texas? Well, I think it's really interesting because it seems like the coaches are looking at ways to make really important uh, but small margin gains. And you know, I think when you first look at Troy Carter, you ask yourself, was this guy really better than Byron Murphy or uh, Tavondre Sweat? At which point the answer would be probably not. I mean, they might be similar, but he's not a guy that's an absolute clear upgrade from those guys. But if you look beyond those two guys and say, is he a big upgrade of a Vernon Broughton or an Alfred Collins? The answer might really be significantly yes. Uh, think of him maybe as the Ovio Gofu of defensive tackles. Pretty good college player, but hasn't quite played well enough and positioned himself to be an NFL-level guy. So he's coming back for another year. And he's made more starts combined. Uh, than the rest of the Texas defensive uh, interior defensive linemen combined. So, I mean, he's a guy that's really experienced. He's been a pretty good player. And I think he does make your defensive tackle rotation um, stronger than it was had you just left it alone. So I think it's uh, it's not a huge headline maker, but this is a guy that's probably going to end up playing – 330 to 350 snaps this year and that's that means he's got a chance to be a significant contributor to this team and I think it speaks to the concern that the Texas coaches had about where they might be had they not made the move so I think that making the move when they did versus waiting and seeing them address something else through the portal uh, I think it just kind of speaks volumes about what they really thought this defense needed. And I think, again, this doesn't change your season record for your prediction. I mean, if you think they're 9-3 and three or 10-2, and two, this doesn't change that. But he does make this a better football team because he improves your depth at a position where you actually use it quite a bit. Talking with Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com. By the way, somebody texted, I may have misspoken and said the clock won't stop after timeouts. That is not what I meant. The clock won't stop after first downs. So if I misspoke, that's my bad. They will still continue to stop the clock when you call a timeout. They're going to still continue to do that. I apologize for that confusion uh, in my college football comment at the top of the hour. All right, so, catch in terms of the uh, the receivers, obviously it's a position group that a lot of people want to talk about. I was really excited to see Jonte Cook going in because uh, I'd gotten a chance to see him in seven-on-seven seven with DeSoto and just like the whole that, that whole package. Which receiver kind of jumped out to you? Did you end up with a favorite in the group uh, after watching on Saturday? I mean, look, my favorite receiver in the group is going to be Xavier Worthy until he's no longer on campus. Um, that dude gets open by margins and distances that most college receivers don't. And it's weird that I think there's a lack of appreciation for just how good Worthy is because it just didn't happen last year. But it just it, it amazes me. When Xavier Worthy is open, he's really open. <laughs> and I can't, I can't stress it enough. He does the thing 
that when we look at the NFL, it's hard to get open. Like that's the thing that differentiates the the great receivers from the guys that just look good when they're at the combine. You have to be able to get open, and Worthy remains a guy that gets ridiculously wide open at the college level, and you know. If and when he and the quarterback ever put that together, they're unstoppable. They just are. Because the things that once teams truly feel the fear of Xavier Worthy and, and yours connecting, that you're not going to be able to let that guy beat you. And I think it opens up everything. And this is a wide receiving core that they got a bunch of guys that you'd like to see catch a lot of balls because they're all Really exciting. A.D. Mitchell, when I, one of the, I think one of my biggest takeaways from the spring game was that if you just watched that spring game and you watched A.D. Mitchell, you would think to yourself, yeah, that guy looks like he should probably be starting for Georgia. Totally get it. <laughs> and, you know, that's not, that's not insignificant. Uh, he looks like a guy that should be playing for and with one of the biggest programs in the country. He looks phenomenal. John T. Cook, same thing. You know, this is this is why recruiting guys like John T. Cook matter because you're more than like forty times more likely to get a first round level talent out of your five stars than you are at any other position group. So. Eventually, the other like recruiting tiers can catch up slightly to the five stars and then the high four stars and all of that. But at the elite of the elite of the elite is where five stars, from a, just a, a pure number standpoint, um, hit at, at percentages that are just sign- significantly, like in all caps and underlined in bold italics significantly higher than any other position. So when a guy like John Tay Cook shows up and it's like, man, that guy's really fantastic. It's like, well, yeah, and it's quite likely that, you know, his upside is he'll be a first or second round type wide receiver when that time comes, and those guys tend to be pretty fantastic college players. So Texas, at the top of its wide receiver discussion, has a bunch of dudes that, I think you can close your eyes and see them playing on Sundays when it's all said and done. And that's not, that's easier said than done to put together. So it really does make the Texas offense as a whole uh, very exciting to talk about. Yeah, this wide receiver group is as deep as any in the country. But, Catch, let me ask you about the freshman that you saw this Saturday. I know Sadir Mitchell, he just looks like a grown-ass man already at 18 years old. You just mentioned Jonte Cook, him toasting the walk-on. I know, Archman, you gave him a C and, you know, et cetera. And we got Brockemeyer saying Anthony Hill looks like a future Micah Parsons. Like, whoa, I'll take that, but I don't know about that quite yet. What did you notice with the freshman on Saturday? Well, uh, they've, they've got a lot of really good ones. So if we were just quickly through positions, I, I was a little disappointed in C.J. Baxter. Um, I was kind of disappointed in the running back group in general. 
didn't see anybody that made me think, okay, that guy is good for 250 carries this year. Um, DeAndre Moore gets open a lot too. If the biggest, I think one of the biggest compliments I could give him is on Saturday, he looked like a mini Xavier Worthy in that getting open was not Moore's problem. Holding on to the football was, but like he's doing the hard part pretty easily. So I thought he really stood out. Uh, I thought Peyton Kirkland looked like a guy who's maybe two-ish years away. That he is currently second team left tackle, um, it shouldn't be shocking that that's that's pretty typical for a player of his profile. But like that's kind of what he re- in reality he is. So the depth on this offensive line's got some question marks. Uh, Anthony Hill looks like you know he was again. <laughs> there's a reason why you go out and get five stars <laughs> because. You watch them in spring games, and you come away saying saying things like, "That guy could be the next Micah Parsons." <laughs> like it's crazy, it's crazy, but it's not it's not idiotic. Like you know, I don't know what Anthony Hill's going to be as uh, a future football player down the road. Like he's yet to carve out exactly who and what he is. But he's a great football player. He was a nationally elite prospect. So what you would want to see from Anthony Hill in the spring game is something that makes you go, okay, there it is. I I don't need to see anything else. If I was worried that he wasn't going to be a total badass in college, by the end of his 15th practice, you'd like to see some shades of that. And I think that Anthony Hill gave that to you. And I think that... I actually was really happy to see it. You'd started to hear Anthony Hill buzz towards the last third of the spring workouts, but it had been kind of quiet around him. You know, typically it's hard, it's hard to be quiet as a five-star at Texas. It had been a little quiet for about a month, and I was starting to wonder, like, God, did, did we overrank this kid? Is he good but not great? And I think in the final third of those practices, you started to get some of that, the answer to those questions. Uh, and, and they point towards Anthony Hill's exactly who we thought he was. And it's just a matter of when and not if for him. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, I said after the game catch, if I'm a Texas fan, I really would like to see that guy going after somebody in a Rice uniform. I mean, that's got to be just that. That the seed, the seed was planted. Obviously, he can't go plant whoever was at quarterback for Texas. Uh, but the idea of him running after the Rice quarterback, that should be interesting, I think, to Texas fans. Um, catch- well, and, and real quick, Chad, yeah. on, on that note, there's a little – when Derek Johnson showed up, A, he wasn't an immediate starter for the Longhorns, even though he was their best linebacker. There's a little bit of DJ and – Sergio Kendall vibes in that, hmm. God, don't make this kid think. He's so talented. <laughs> right. Just attack. Yeah. Go forward. And those players end up being great as freshmen because you figure out how to harness that talent without making it too hard for them. And I think that that's the beginning of what we were seeing with Anthony Hill. I think he has a chance to be that kind of player this year. 
And it's hard to quantify what adding something completely unexpected and that you didn't have in your team previously, what he might provide, you know, this, this, this whole sport is decided by really small margins. To have an all-conference-level linebacker show up out of thin air through recruiting changes teams and changes their fortunes. And so, you know, you can't be excited enough about what Anthony Hill might be able to do because it's the kind of thing you're waiting on to help take the program from pretty good, very good, to something better than that. Yeah, that's a great point, too, about him as a freshman. Maybe you just scream Hulk smash and just get out of the way. Um, Yeah, all right, for real. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Um, I mean, okay, so let me get some thoughts on the draft. Uh, you're a Cowboys fan like I am. So let's start with the Cowboys from for next week as you think about it. kind of, What do you think they're going to be looking at at 26? What would you like them to get? Where are you on the Cowboys draft right now? I, look, 20, when you're at 26, it's what, what falls to you. I'm a big best available guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think there are any am, am, amazing uh, needs where it's like uh, tight end obviously gets talked about a lot. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm mostly interested by what value exists um, at 26. And I might even trade back depending on what it is that I think I can get for trading back. Uh, and whether or not I think I can still get the quality of player that I want to get, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know how many guys they have on their draft board that they think are first round guys. So, if it's a twenty player draft and you're at twenty six, maybe, maybe you get one of those guys. Uh, but if you don't, like I'm, I'm okay with being versatile with it. Like you know, they do a good job drafting. It's not really about whether or not that's an issue where it once seemed to be. Um, it's just about getting the most bang for your buck. And it's hard to do that at 26. And one other thing, Ketz. If, if, I, if I had to go get a guy, yeah. those, some of the offensive guys we know better than it, the linemen and the, and the defensive guys. So, you know, it, it's hard not to look at some of the receivers and, and skill guys that are available and not want them. And I'll be honest, go get Bijan. Well, that's what. Well, that's yeah. yeah. That's what I was about to ask you. You've watched him very closely, obviously, and and covered all of it. Is he good enough that you break that modern NFL rule of don't take a running back in the first round? Is he good enough? You would tell him break the rule, whoever you are. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think he is one of you know you could probably count on five fingers the number of guys from this draft that you think could be NFL Hall of Famers. He's that good. I mean, when people say things like he might be the best running back since Tiki Bar, or not Tiki Barber, but since uh, Barkley came out. Yeah. yeah, it's like that's not an insignificant thing. That means he's pretty freaking incredible. Um, and he is. And so I don't think he's going to be available at 26. I think at some point somebody's going to say, this guy changes who we like. I see that guy going to the Bills, for instance, if that were to happen. And I would think to myself, okay, the Bills, they're a Super Bowl team now. Right. But that changes um, who they are at a, 
a monster. Now, look, you're going to. The problem with taking Bijan early is that he's going to be so good that you have to pay him on a second contract at a level that you don't want to. So it's like, oh, we got to slap the franchise tag on him. And you end up paying an exorbitant amount of money at a position that you're not supposed to. But those first round deals, those aren't the backbreakers. The backbreakers are. You, you back yourself into a corner where you end up having to pay at a position that you'd rather not pay like $25 million for or $20 million. Eventually, he will be that kind of player. So to me, he's, he's a problem in 2027. Because then you have to really pay him to keep him. And, you know, it's, it's, for some teams, I think it gets to be really hard to pay that position that amount of money. Yeah, it could be a hell of a four years while you're waiting for that problem, oh, though. Man. That is Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com, at GK Ketch on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. Always appreciate it, sir. Next week, we'll talk to you after the Cowboys make that first pick. So we'll get your review of the first round next week. Uh, have a good weekend, man. Do you have a prediction, Chad? I just want to know what you're, what's in your brain. Um, I, I think they're going to end up uh, – I think it's going to be a tight end. I think the tight end idea is probably going to happen. I think it's one of those top like two or three tight ends is where they end up. That's my prediction. It it doesn't. It's not sexy. No, but you can absolutely justify it. Yeah, I think if Mayer drops to them, they'll take him. That kind of guy. If it's him, if the other, if the Utah Cats gone, but Mayer drops to twenty six, I think they'll take him. Thinking, okay, let's get a let's get a tight end to you know refurbish things. We're on the same page. Thank you. Yep, there you go. Thank Thanks, you, Catch. Good stuff as always. Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com. Some good stuff there on the Longhorns and the Cowboys. Up next, Why Today Matters, April 21st, a little bit of the 22nd. We got big birthdays. Got that big Texas history date today, plus a movie that always makes a lot of guys cry came out today. Thanks to Chris Bennett for letting us know that. We'll hit all that coming up. Plus, we got a big night in the NBA tonight. We've been talking about that throughout the show. A lot going on today. Thanks for being with us. It's the Horn. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Invincible, Untouchable, CNN. Chad and Zay. We did it. We're here now. Stop asking. This really should be the song that the network uses. And this should be the CNN song. Well done. Is CNN, does that lead me to this artist at all? Yeah. Group. Is that the acronym for the band? Yeah. CNN. Um, uh, um, CNN. You're not going to know. No, nah, I'm not getting it. What is it? Capone and Noriega. Uh, you're right. I wasn't getting that. Or Nori, as all of hip hop calls them now. Okay. Capone and Nori? Yeah. Capone and Nori. Invincible. DJ Premier on the beat. 
Good song. It's very good. Yeah, I like it. All right. Can I get away with saying Capone and Nori? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, get away with you it. You got to believe it? Yeah. Okay. Capone. Yeah, Nori has like one of the best hip-hop podcasts ever. Okay. Drink, tra- drink Champs. Okay. Yeah, he gets all legendary hip-hop guys like Snoop and Diddy and stuff and gets them drunk ah, and they want to talk about it and ask them questions about the game and stuff. See, I like that idea more than I like that hot wing idea. The one where they torture people with the hot wings and oh, ask yeah, them I like questions. that one, though. Nah, there's too much. I don't want them tortured. I want them relaxed and let me tell the story. Yeah. That's what I want. I like the drinking idea. The Yeah, do shots or, or however you want to do it. Um, what they ought to do is have a podcast where you get some whatever would be the approved version of like a truth serum. That's what we need. Literally have a podcast where you hook up an IV and put a truth serum in someone and then start asking questions. Huh. Now we're talking. I, I get real. The Truth Serum <laughs> Podcast. A lot of guys in hip-hop wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people in a lot of areas wouldn't do that. That's why it's probably never going to happen. All right, Chad and Zay with you on a Friday uh, as we head into the weekend. Zay, before we get into why today matters, actually, let's get into why today matters, and then I'm going to need the breaking news sounder from you. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. Specifically, if you love the San Antonio Spurs or the Houston Rockets, this is your breaking news story. It's official. Victor Wimbanyama's in the NBA draft. Oh, what a shock. <laughs> it's a shocking Can't development. Can't believe it. It's out of nowhere. He's not ready. The <laughs> He needs development. He needs development. He's not ready. His, Coach Terry, what are you doing? His, Recruit this guy. His low post game needs work. Uh, He's not big enough. <laughs> He has submitted the official paperwork to the league office. He has quotes out there about how excited he is. So if you are a lover of the Spurs, Rockets, or who's Pistons. the other team? Is Pistons. It, it's Detroit? Okay. Detroit. They're the three, the three with the best chance. Uh, May 15th. Circle it on your calendar. May 15th is the day of the NBA draft lottery. That's when we find out who gets the number one pick. Can't wait. Going to be something. Yeah. I haven't. I really have not looked forward to that night as much as I'm looking forward to this one. Oh, it's going to be great. Now I'm a Mavs fan, so it's not like I'm going to end up. Yeah. I mean, y'all tried. I guess technically the Mavs are y'all in this group. I guess. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll we'll go into it trying to figure out does one of these Texas teams get Victor or does somebody else get him? But it's official. He's in the draft as of today. So G League and Night player Scoot Henderson who's supposed to go top three a lot of people have him going right behind when Benyama he's going around saying he should be number one and this is ridiculous that people are considering him number one he's that guy he's gonna prove everybody wrong love your confidence man but people ain't tanking for you and yeah. yeah I think he's just trying to make it known yo that team who's going to be the second pick, they're going to be salty that they're the second pick, but they're going to get a hell of a player no matter what. And it's good for him to have the chip on the shoulder and, you know. Yeah, but don't say that you deserve to be awesome. number one pick. Don't be crazy. Now, how like, t- I get being confident. Don't be delusional. Now, how tall is Cam he? Cam Newton. How big a guy is he? He's a 6'3 guard. Okay, yeah. Now, he's going to be really good. I'm, he's going to be a hell of a player. That's cool, but that doesn't sound near as freaky as Victor. No, not even close. Victor's, Victor is a whole nother level of freaky. 
that this guy is just probably, with all due respect, yeah. I've not seen him play, but come on. But I, I get what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. You got to big yourself up. And that's what he's going to do on draft night. Once he, you get to that second pick, whoever that is, that's where he says, hey, just wait. You just wait till you see. Because we've had that in the NBA draft before where you're thinking, oh, it was that draft was so and so in it. But, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't him, but come on now. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty damn good. So that draft obviously doesn't come up till June, but May 15th is when we find out who goes first. All right, in terms of why today matters, April 21st, San Jacinto Day, if you're a Texas history fan, it was the day that Texas gained its independence. Battle of San Jacinto was all about that uh, siesta in the middle of the day. So that's why siesta this week. In San Antonio. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think Siesta is going on. They do a little love. Yeah. yeah. So basically, Fiesta, whatever it's called. It was the Texas Army taking advantage of the Mexican Army taking a nap that led to the key moments at San Jacinto. Wow. Yeah. The whole thing took like, I think it's 20 minutes, 17 minutes for it to all be done because of that. Caught them sleeping. Literally. Uh-huh. Literally caught them sleeping. Now, that's called doing some intel on your opponent. See, I never was good at Texas history back in the day because it was always taught by the offensive line coach or something, <laughs> and they were just trying to get through the day until practice. Like, they were trying to do whatever it took, the bare minimum. Hopefully the textbook could get you through some things. But, yeah, I my history classes, mm. all trash. Just write down Davy Crockett and we'll go outside. We're done. It's over. It's done. All right, so happy San Jacinto Day to all you Texas history folks. Also, happy birthday to Tony Romo today. Romo. Romo hits the 4-3 today, rocking his Skechers shoes, playing lots of golf, married to that incredibly attractive woman. Romo's got a good life, man. Lead analyst for CBS. Yeah. Rolling it with uh, with Jim Nance. Romo, 43. And one of the best in the business now. He's turned himself into like a big-time guy, highly paid, and I would have never thought that about Romo. No. As he's coming out of the league, I dig Tony a lot, but I didn't think that. Oh, yeah, no, he'll be on the lead NFL game. The idea that Romo has done it, and obviously after Troy did it, Moose Johnston has become a highly respected analyst. Yeah. And I don't I guess, is he still doing that? Or is he on, yeah, he's on Fox. Or is he just I mean, he's he's doing still on that, Fox, and yeah. he can still do the XFL thing, or uh, XFL or USFL, which one he's, ever he's involved in. But it's really weird. I would have never thought that about those guys as a Cowboys fan. Love them to death. But if you'd said, will they become the best, some of the best broadcasters out there, I would have necessarily thought it. But all three of them, I think, are highly thought of. Yeah, they all do a good job. Just think about Tony Romo and what could have been without all those injuries. He was a brittle dude. and Yeah. He was a hell of a talent. I'll never forget that one where he, the ball was thrown way over his head and he turned something out of nothing. That was a great play. Yeah, like, yeah. What, 15 yards over his head, ended up making it a 30-yard run. That was one of my favorite Tony Romo memories. I know a lot of yeah. non-Cowboys fans will say the Seattle moment. But, you know, yeah, hey, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about no, that no, one? No, no. Okay. no, no, no. We don't think about that when we think of That's nine. That's a shame. We think of other, other things. Uh, I'll, I mentioned earlier that Jared Allen has a birthday today. Happy 25 to the Longhorn product. Will the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, go up 2-1 tonight, or will it be the Knicks? Got to think Madison Square Garden factors in tonight. Oh, it's going to be popping. Spike going to be crazy. It's going down. Dude, Stephen A. Smith was losing his mind this morning. He went full fanboy. He is such a Knicks guy, and he thinks he's guaranteed they're winning tonight, no doubt about it, and he thinks the series will go like six or seven. 
but there are a lot of people thinking that the Knicks take it tonight. All right. We'll see. Birthday boy Jared Allen's going to try to stop it. Tomorrow is the 86th birthday of Jack Nicholson, the famous actor. So uh, you got a Jack Nicholson movie that you're in love with? Anything for he's done that you really like? Um, Departed. That's that's one of my joints. Departed is is that was good. That yeah. was really good. I've only seen that one all the way through one time, but it was really well done. My guilty pleasure for Jack. Something's got to give. Oh, oh wait a minute! Is something got to give? Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, like Amanda Peet. He's dating her. Yeah. Keanu like Keanu Reeves is in it. He like smells Diane Keaton. It's real, you know, for the wrong person. <laughs> it could be a little just awkward, but. If you're a grown-ass man, you know. That's some serious grown man stuff right there Keanu was doing, trying to date Diane Keaton, that's being a, a doctor. That's got to be an interesting thing for like a director and an actor to go through. Okay, so I, what I need you to do is smell, smell Diane him. Keaton. Yeah. Can you do that for oh, me? Oh, easy. That's easy money. I need you to do that. That's right. Like he, yeah. he took a big whiff. I think. <sighs> you smell so good. She, it's just soap. He's My. Like, my favorite Jack, he's not in the movie a ton, but I think my favorite Jack Nicholson is A Few Good Men. Okay. I love that movie. It's a great movie. That's one of my guilty pleasures, and he, he's fantastic in it. Got to get it unedited. Got to have Jack unedited in that movie. Do not get the edited version. Uh, also, tomorrow, happy 37 to Marshawn Lynch. We were just talking about him. Beast mode. The other day when, we were, we were, when I asked the question about him, talking about Bijan and how valuable is a running back nowadays, who are those running backs that if you took them out of a Super Bowl winner – you don't win the Super Bowl. There aren't as many from recent years, but we had people texting us yesterday. Marshawn Lynch, you mentioned Lynch too, about say what you will about the Legion of Boom. A lot of times when you have those badass defenses, there's a running game on the other side. And somebody also texted us Jamal Lewis yesterday, which I thought is a great point. Really great point. Take Jamal off of Baltimore, that's a different feel. That uh, Baltimore team went on like month droughts of not scoring over 15 points and stuff. Like they and then they start just saying, you know what? Let's yeah. just run the ball, Dilfer. We know you're awful, so we're just gonna run it. Well, and like yesterday, I would argue that that Bucks team wasn't exactly that because they had Brad Johnson, Keyshawn Johnson, and some other receivers. And Michael Pittman was good, but I wouldn't call him that critical. Uh, but Lynch, Lynch was incredible with that team. And of course, we know if we don't know for sure, but if Pete Carroll hands the ball to Marshawn Lynch one more time. Could have been back-to-back. Yep. You realize that, right? Mm -hmm. Not just two, back-to-back. Patriots did it, and I think they're the last one, right? Got too cute. Super Bowl 38 and 39, is that still possible? That's still the last time somebody went back-to-back? That puts you in a different group. That puts you in a different category when you do what Elway did at the end, when you do what the Patriots did with the little back-to-back. Ask a Spurs fan. That's the one thing they don't have. They'd love to have it. But they didn't get the back-to-back. But back-to-back in the NFL, special stuff. Marshawn Lynch uh, and that crew should have had it. Happy 37 to Marshawn tomorrow. Uh, and finally, on the musical front, today Iggy Pop has a birthday. Robert Smith has a birthday from The Cure. Both really weird guys in their own respect. And tomorrow, Zay, also I would say a pretty weird guy has a birthday. You have any Machine Gun Kelly thoughts for me? He's about to be 33. Do we care for him at all? Uh, he's kind of on that borderline, like the Black Eyed Peas. Like, is he a rapper? What Ooh, is he? Okay. Is he a rock star? He's confused. Okay. See, that's why I, I have not listened to the stuff enough to know where he is, how he fits in. Yeah, he's like Jelly Roll. He's just any genre, anywhere. Okay. He rap. I'll throw some country in there. A lot of rock. 
He's all, he's all over the place. Because I read that two of the, I can't remember who the third one was, that two of the three rappers that really got him interested uh, in the genre were DMX and Eminem, and I can't remember who that the third one That makes a lot of sense. He had beef with Eminem, so that's ironic. And maybe it was 50 Cent was the third one. Anyway, I can't remember, the, but those two guys I remember sticking out, and then, yeah, he, he feels like just a, so he's kind of a combo of everything, right? Yeah. He cheated on Megan Fox, so he's not all there. Oof. Yeah, yeah he's not all there. Something's off about that boy. That is tough. That is a tough one. He did do a pretty good Tommy Lee in the Motley Crue biopic movie. He I, was Tommy Lee? I bought it, too. Yeah, he was good. Wow. Yeah, I kind of dug it. He's, I've seen him do a little acting. He's, he's all right at that. I don't know about the music, though. But uh, I feel like it's very polarizing. The people that love him love him. Yeah, he has a cult following. And the ones that can't stand him really can't stand him. And I'm not sure what it is. Like, I don't know what it does, what he's done to make him hate him so much. But uh, Machine Gun will be 33 tomorrow. All right, uh, that's why today matters to us. Up next, stems and seeds. Big stories from around the sports world. Yes, it's official. Wimbenyama's in the NBA draft. That's not a lot of suspense. We'll talk about the three games tonight. Get Zay's official picks on the game. We'll give you um, the thoughts there and uh, a couple of big stories football-wise, one in the pros, one in college today. This is The Horn. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. All right, let's go stems and seeds. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Come tonight, Boston and Atlanta. Zay, Boston going up 3-0? Yeah. I, even though I think this is the game that Atlanta could get, I got Boston tonight. Sweep by the time we come back because they play Sunday. Yeah, I hate that, man. I thought that the Atlanta Hawks would be a lot better with DeJounte Murray coming here. All right. To not get swept in the first round, but, yeah, I could see it happening. Denver and Minnesota. Will Denver sweep by the time we come back? Yep. Okay. Uh, Cleveland, New York. Make a pick. Who do you like, Knicks or Cavs tonight? Cavs. Really? Yeah. Oh, that'd be big if they step up at MSG. Cavs. That's huge. That's all ESPN and ABC tonight. Two big stories football-wise. NFL, you got these guys that have been uh, suspended for gambling. The biggest name is Jamison Williams. Remember the receiver out of Bama? He's a Detroit Lion suspended for six games for mobile betting. Not just you can't bet on NFL games. You can't bet in the facility on any game. And he got caught on that one. Uh, and then there's a few other guys that got suspended as well. Some got kicked off teams today. And in college football, it's kind of boring, but it will affect the way you watch. The clock will not stop in college football now on first downs. I may have misspoken earlier and confused everybody. On first downs, the clock's not going to stop all the way through the game except in the last two minutes of the thir- of the uh, of each half. So second quarter, fourth quarter, you'll still get that drama. You like this idea overall? Yeah. I yeah. kind of do, too. Shorten the game a little bit. I'm little, good with that. A little bit more pace. Let's get a little bit more of that pace going. Uh, we don't need to go crazy pitch clock. We don't need to go that far. But these games in college, when you when you sit through an NFL Sunday and realize how efficiently they can get through these games, 3-10, 3-15, or whatever it is, and college games take four and a half, like, yeah, something may need to be uh, done. As much as I love my Texas football Watching a four-hour game, almost five hours, and having to do post-game after that, 
exhausting. Oh, it's a day. <laughs> it's a day. It's a day. So thank you, NCAA, maybe uh, for shortening some of our days as college football fans. All right, Ball Don't Lie coming up with Rod and Harge. Then it is Texas baseball and Oklahoma. 6.45 pre, 7 o'clock your first pitch time. Always cool when the Longhorns and Sooners get together. Everybody have a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. We'll be a little bit closer to the draft. Stay safe. See ya.